0: Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is April 28th, and I'm an idiot. Um, If you follow us on Instagram, you'll know. If you don't follow us on Instagram, I don't know what you're doing. Make sure you head over to Trophy Kids Pod on Instagram and give us a follow. But last night after the draft, went ahead, sat down, recorded a solo podcast, ended at 1 a.m. in the morning, look up, and the recorder died halfway through. So yeah, <laughs> we're recording again today after work, a little first round draft recap, uh, Celtics closing out the Hawks talk, but we're starting with Nate's takes on the NFL, and this is not a take that I think I'm alone with at any point, uh, everybody's been ushering it, but I want to state it loudly and clearly, I hate the structure of the NFL draft, it is absolutely ridiculous, I want us to go back either to the one day format or... Just have the first and second round in one day. It is ridiculous that the draft starts at 8, which it didn't even really start at 8. It started at like 8.15 and goes until virtually midnight on Thursday. I got shit to do, folks. We all do. Like what it's absolutely ridiculous. Um I will say this though. The NFL has run a masterclass. let's put it this way. People I love people that are like football's dying. Football will forever be America's sport. Just look at the crowds the NFL draft draws in. There is no other draft, I would argue, in the world like it. I mean, just look at the zoom-outs of Kansas City last night, or any draft for that matter. Just fanatics going at it. Um, You don't see that at the NBA draft. You don't see that at the NHL draft, the MLB draft. Any draft, MLS draft, whatever drafts go on in in other countries, I bet. Um, it's really a one of a kind spectacle. It's insane marketing that has happened by the NFL. Obviously, they're never going to consolidate it because there's just too much money now in running it for four days or whatever. Um, God, I'm exhausted just saying that. Um, the other thing I hate, take number two on the NFL draft, is reporters breaking picks right before they're announced. I am shocked the NFL allows this to go on. It doesn't run some deep investigations and lob penalties at organizations for leaking this stuff because they put so much entertainment value into the televised product. To have sham out here just blowing up picks right before they happen. Thank God he got one wrong. So he got like shamed out of sharing picks. But that's just so annoying. Like I'm so over these media personalities just breaking picks right before they're announced on TV. And I am I watch it live through cable because I'm still one of those weirdos that has cable because I can't be delayed for major sporting events when it comes to football. Um, but I absolutely hate that. I absolutely hate these reporters breaking out picks before they're announced. Um, those are my two big takeaways outside of the actual draft. But let's talk draft. Let's talk players, evaluations, guys I like guys I feel like are weird picks here's my problem it's a disclaimer I give every year I I love every pick like I just I sit here and I go god I I love that player because I can see their potential I watch so much college football and you longtime listeners know that when you listen to our college episodes I hope it it comes across as just how much college football I do actually watch um and all these players that I break down in the offseason um and I can see their potential because It's hard not to see a lot of these guys. Some of these guys, yeah, they're raw clay that needs to be molded into something great, but they all have such phenomenal potential to be stars at the NFL level, even though we know it's not going to break down that way. There's going to be a lot of guys that are busts. Um, or don't perform to their level. And there's a lot of reasons for that. You know, off-the-field issues, or organizational issues, or coaching issues, or there's so many things. But it's just so hard because you look at these guys, you go, damn, I could see how this pick could be absolutely phenomenal. Like, I love them all. But I'm going to try to break it down as best I can. I think right off the bat, first thing first, Howie Roseman is the greatest GM right now in the NFL. This man, I don't know how this shit's legal at this point. When he pick calls you to NFL organizations... Just hang up the phone, because he's going to rip you off. We talked about that with the way he pulls off trades. Um, but he has come up with the genius idea of just draft Alabama offensive players and draft defensive Georgia players, because that's the strategy the Eagles are rolling with. And my God, I don't know how anybody is going to block this front defense like that the Eagles are going to roll out here. They get Carter and Smith, I mean, woof, on top of all the guys they've already got. I don't know how you block this Eagles front seven, really, at all. Like, I, I don't foresee it. Um, Jalen Carter's probably going to be the steal of the draft just because of how far he fell. Now, he fell for, you know, legitimate reasons. You know, he, he pled guilty um, t- to some crimes that, you know, if you don't know the story, he um, was street racing, um, and that street race ended up in the death of, of two individuals uh, in a separate car. Um, he pled guilty to some crimes, uh, got probation, paid a fine, had some community service, things like that. There were some character questions, um, reports of, you know, Georgia coaches calling him kind of lazy and stuff. And I don't know the guy's character. I'm, I have no idea who he is behind the, the curtain. What I know is what I see on the field. And he is a phenomenal football player. Like on the field, he is arguably the best football player in this draft, Um, the Eagles did their work, obviously. Um, they feel comfortable enough drafting him at nine. I think if this is that he could be one of those guys that we, you know, look back on, you know, the Warren saps of the world, tonsils of the world that dropped because of some unfortunate circumstances, you know, smoking weed isn't the same as a guy ended up dead due to a straight Reese, but you get what I'm saying, hopefully here, um, slides down, going to be a, a force to reckon with on that defensive line, the Eagles are just ramping up to just run rough shot over the NFC right now. Like, I, I don't know realistically how, pending major injuries, how they don't just run this division, the NFC in general. Um, but start in order, we'll probably hit on most of the picks. We start with uh, Bryce Young. You know, the thing that people kept saying was like, well, what if he was six two? Two fifteen or something. It's like, well, he's not. He's five ten. He's probably going to play at one eighty five. I know he weighed in at one ninety five at the combine, but he's probably going to realistically play at one eighty five. Maybe he plays at one ninety five. The fear is simple: it is whether his body is going to be able to ha- handle the NFL, because NFL football players defensively have gotten so damn big and so damn fast. There are dudes plus three hundred pounds running below 4-5-40s. Like, the speed is... I can't even fully wrap my head around it some days. Just how big some of these guys are and how fast they run and how hard they hit. And there is a legitimate fear whether his body will be able to handle this. In a Panthers organization, we'll see how well they put together the team. I don't have a ton of faith given, you know, this is the same organization that ha- hired Matt Rule. Um, but... It, We'll see. I think the thing that gives you confidence when you pick a guy like Bryce Young is, yes, he is short. We have seen short quarterbacks in the NFL succeed. Russell Wilson, Drew Brees come to mind. He reminds me more of Drew Brees because of what is going on in his head. The Bryce Young processes information at an insane speed on the field. Anybody who's watched him at Alabama and the way he is able to recognize defensive concepts and pick them apart, see things before they even open up. I mean, his processing ability is off the charts, and he's going to have to lean on that heavily in the NFL because he doesn't have a cannon of the arm like Anthony Richardson. You know, he, he He's athletic for sure. He's going to be mobile in the pocket, um, but he's got insane processing speed, insane just in, intuition, um, and that he's going to have to lean on if he's going to be successful in the NFL. I definitely think it's possible, but I just the amount of resources the Carolina Panthers had to give up to get him i I don't like it I just don't I mean he's got Frank Wright, we know the story there he's got great support from the coaching staff all these guys know how to develop quarterbacks in the Panthers building right now, but the amount of assets they get like if if this was next year and they give up these assets for Caleb william great move I just there's a lot of uneasiness with this pick, but he was a phenomenal college player. He's got phenomenal processing skills. He can play the quarterback position extremely efficiently. Um, I think, you know, he's probably gonna be more like a Drew Brees type where it's really his intelligence behind center that's gonna do him well. His ability to deliver an accurate ball is gonna hit serve him well. It's just the physical part of the game makes you concerned. You move to the second pick, Houston, Texas. Daniel Jeremiah over the NFL Network has got a crystal ball or something because he had this perfectly lined up. In his mock draft, he had the Texans choosing C.J. Stroud and then trading up for the third pick for Will Anderson. I love the aggressiveness. I don't know if I love all the assets given up for Will Anderson. Here's what I'll say about this. Will Anderson, I think, at his peak... And the coaches he has around him could develop into, like, a Khalil Mack-style player on the edge, getting after it. He comes from Alabama, one of the greatest defensive minds ever in Nick Saban. This dude's played a lot of ball at the highest level in college and the toughest league in college. He gets after it. He's a hell of a football player. But is he, like, a generational defensive prospect? No. And that's sort of what that trade signified. Now, he could turn out to be phenomenal, phenomenal, um, there's no doubt about it. You know, this is like a drive off the tee box and you hit the the fairway here and the greens. Like I'm not a big golf guy, but you get what I'm saying. Just straight down the middle. Like he's going to be a good football player. He's going to get a second contract, I think. Um, and that's what you really end up wanting is getting guys that get second contracts with your team. I think he's going to be that what his ceiling is like Khalil Mack kind of level guy. And if you get that whew, great, you got your quarterback and you got him phenomenal. Um, I just I don't know. CJ Stroud I like. I like he's my number one quarterback this draft. I think he's the most well-rounded out of the quarterbacks. Um he delivers, you know, this this coaching staff comes from the 49ers kind of tree, and 49ers are all about delivering the ball on time with precision. CJ Stroud can do that. Um I have concerns about whether or not he'll be able to pick it up as quickly because let's be honest, he is going crazy. To a worse situation from a weapon standpoint. He had better weapons and better supporting cast at Ohio State than he does on this Houston Texans team. Houston has a lot of work to surround him with some good talent. Um, but if he can get in there and understand the playbook early, and if the schemes and styles are similar to Miami and the 49ers, where it's m- more about not so much about tacking the seams and really driving the ball down the field, it's more about hitting guys, understanding concepts, hitting them in stride. Um, and being accurate with the football, C.J. Stroud's your guy. Like This is a great pick. He can do that. He stands tall in the pocket. He delivers a good football. Um, so I like it. I like how they were aggressive. I love the aggressiveness. That As a fan, you want to see that. You want to see a team be decisive and aggressive in the draft. It gives you some hope that this is going to turn around. I think the Texans have the staff to do it. Um, we'll see how it all plays out, but I, I like it. Then we get into the dicey picks. Anthony Richardson. I knew somebody was going to get conned into taking this man in the top five. And my God, I I hope everybody get, is successful in the NFL. I really do. And I don't think Anthony Richardson's issues are entirely on him. It's more of a byproduct of just not playing a lot of football. Like, he has got all the physical traits. We know that. That is why he got drafted here. Because it sure as hell isn't, wasn't his ability to win football games or play high-level quarterback at the University of Florida. Because he didn't do that. I mean, I've w- I watched every single Florida game. The dude stunk it up a good amount of the time. Um, but there were flashes in the pan, go, Holy cow. Um, he's got a howitzer for an arm. He's a big dude. He's mobile. He doesn't understand touch, as far as I can tell right now. Um, that's something that they can maybe develop. I think I think he has a legitimate shot to be good. I always thought he was going to have to go to the right fit of a team, a team that's going to be patient, um, a team that is okay if they don't start him right away, a team that understands that they're getting just basically a block of clay that they got to mold um, because he is not, just wasn't that like if in credit to him he came out this year he didn't go back to college i thought he'd be well served from a development standpoint he should have gone back for another year but from a get your money be a top draft pick he made the right move to get out this year because next year's quarterback class is really good from a prospect standpoint um and this year's isn't so this was the right move for him um i don't know if i love the fit the weapon yes they have jonathan taylor so they're going to be able to run the ball and rely on that We'll see. I just I don't know if I have a lot of faith in the Colts here to really be able to develop him. Um I think this is gonna go terribly, to be honest. There were other there were other organizations where had he gone to those organizations, aka like a Seattle, I think he'd be better off. Colts? I, I don't like the fit. I don't like the pick. It's yeah, just not a fan. Um Cardinals though, I mean who would have thought we would be sitting here saying the Cardinals pulled off an actually good front office move? Um, they wanted Paris Johnson. They traded back, picked up some assets, and got their guy Paris Johnson to add to the line. Um, so that was great. Tyree Wilson, uh, I'm not going to lie, hand up. Didn't watch in a ton of Texas Tech football, but I love this pick because that man, the moment I saw him on draft night, I said, that's a Raider. The way he was dressed, fire outfit, great sunglasses. Um, I mean, the guy, he looks like a Raider. Like, he was dressed like a Raider. I was like, that's a Raider player. Um, big frame. He got a lot of production until he got hurt. I mean, he had seven sacks, 45 pressures, um, 15 tackles for loss, got injured in November. So he produced. Now, he produced in a, a down league um, in the Big 12 as far as defensive talents go and um, the offensive lineman he was facing. But he's got a big frame. You put him across from Max Crosby, I think this could be a really nice 1-2 combo um, for them. Then things get really interesting. Atlanta Falcons, B.J. Robinson. I mean, I think the data is is clear here that the value of drafting a running back in the top 10... Top 15 isn't really there, but my God. I mean, talk about the options that this team's going to have. I mean, they got Kyle Pitts, Drake London. They have a 1,000-yard running back already. Now you add B.J. Robinson to that um, with one of the best offensive minds right now. He really got into his bag. Um, This could be a really interesting team. I don't know if I love the the fit because I I have a feeling the Falcons as an organization – are going to start to peak as BJ Robinson's value starts to go down um, later in his career. Um, but it's going to be super interesting to watch. I don't really know why the Lions, and we'll talk about them, didn't, if they were going to go running back, didn't draft BJ Robinson and move back. But that's neither here nor there. We talked about Jalen Carter. Denial right uh, by the Bears. I think some Bears fans are probably upset because they could have had Jalen Carter, but I understand not necessarily wanting to risk it on that. I don't know what went on behind the scenes. I don't know the evaluation that was made there, the character things. I don't know Jalen Carter. He's a hell of a football player. I wish him nothing but the best. I hope he learns from the horrific mistake that happened. Um, And he's just a hell of a football player and learns from this and grows. But the Bears clearly made a different evaluation that they didn't want to take that. They wanted to get Darnell right. Um, I don't really know what they're going to do for a pass rush next year because right now they don't have one. I mean, I guess they're going to try to target that in the second, third round, try to get a guy that's probably going to be their best pass rusher on the roster next year. They didn't attack the free agency market very well from that perspective so far, so it's an interesting move. Darno, Darno Wright, super athletic guy. Um, We'll see how he develops. You know, maybe a little bit of a stretch, but at this point, like if. If you're confident enough in the guy, you're dropping the top ten, you've done your homework, you're like, we like this guy. His athleticism is really great. I don't hate it. Um, Peter Skorskin, Titans, he's going to be a hell of a guard. Like You know what you're getting. When you draft a guy like this, who's going to play guard for you out of the Big Ten from a school like Northwestern, Wisconsin, Iowa, these types of guys you know you're getting a ball player. like Just a good, solid pick there. Then things get really interesting with the Lions. I don't know what the Lions are doing here. They're either doing one of two things. Either they hate Swift, or Ben Johnson, one of the bright spots from an offensive mind standpoint, future head coach, has something insane cooked up with this pick. Because I don't understand drafting Gibbs here. Not that he's a bad football player. He's a very good football player. He can catch out on the backfield. He's going to offer you a lot of versatility. I mean, maybe they're going to get crazy with it and run like an I formation with Swift and him, not your traditional I formation. Have them run out and stretch the linebackers a lot there. I don't know. Maybe that's their plan. I don't know because this this pick makes no sense to me outside of they hate Swift and they want to move on from him or Ben Johnson has something really cooking that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, But as far as need goes, there were so many other guys that they could have gotten at this spot that I'm just, I left my head scratching like, I don't know, maybe day two they're going to make up for it. We'll see. But uh, he's a good football player, real solid football player. But in this year's draft especially, there are other running backs um, that you could have gotten that could have done a similar thing. But he's a good football player, either way. Um, Packers had the most Packers pick ever. Not a whole lot there. Um, Broderick Jones, I think a, a a decent pick. I was I was a little surprised that the Steelers went that direction given their needs um but he's a hell of an athlete um crazy athletic dude we'll see how they they coach him up um Jets. will mcdonald uh you know I, I i don't know i didn't i think that when it comes to mcdonald he can get after it like he can really get after it I think it's going to work because of the fit and the coaching staff he's going to. I think when you look back at this in a couple of years, this pick will make a little bit more sense right now. I have a hard time making sense of the pick, but I do think that the coaching staff is going to be able to round him out. And if they can, they're going to have a ball player on their hands. Um, Emilio Forbes, great guy. Um, he high points the ball. He's an absolute ball Hawk. um, so I, I I like that that pick as well. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, I completely just realized I skipped over the Seahawks at the five pick here. Um, Devin Witherspoon, hell of a pick. I absolutely love this. Very similar to last year with the Bengals drafted um, Taylor Cameron Britt out of Nebraska. I watched a lot of football, Nebraska football the previous year, and every single time I watched a game, it felt like he was always near the ball. Same thing here with Witherspoon. This man is not afraid to play downhill. He always seems to be around the ball. He's got great intuition and instincts. Like, I think his player comp is... I don't know what they're going to do defensively, but I could see sort of like a Troy Polamalu guy where you can kind of fit him in everywhere, and he can do a little bit of everything, and he's not afraid to come down and lay the wood. He can play in the, um, some great pass coverage. Like, I really, really like that pick. Um, Pats get a guy, Christian Gonzalez. If you're a Pats fan, I think you're going to be hearing a lot about oily hips with this guy. Um, good foundational football player. Good corner at Oregon. Um, and at Colorado I think Bill Belichick's gonna have a lot of fun with this guy and kind of fitting him around their defense um, so that'll be interesting Jack Campbell Iowa linebacker hell of a linebacker name um this best linebacker won the Buckus award in college um he's a really really good foundational piece I'm concerned about his ability to play man coverage from the linebacker spot um, he's pretty good in zone coverage for sure um, he's going to have to get coached up a little bit from that part. Um, hell of a middle linebacker name. And then my Buccaneers. The Buccaneers here with Kajaja Kansi. I just completely messed up that name, but neither here nor there. Um, the Bucs know how to draft interior linemen. They just do. Defense alignment, we know how to evaluate and draft. We don't mess it up very often. Um, this is a guy, his player comp to Aaron Donald's insane. I feel like that's unfair to him, um, but he could be a real problem. Paired with the V of A, like h- how do you stop that interior? Like that interior for the Bucks, my Bucks is gonna be awesome. Um, like really getting after it. Seattle, once again, here making a pick that really makes them interesting. The wide receiver room is just getting silly at this standpoint. Um, Jackson Smith and Nig Inign- oh my goodness, I can't say his name. Um he he gives me a little bit of John Ross vibes. Like I've I've got that weird feeling in the back. Like that weird tingle, like, oh, this could be a Josh Ross situation. Here's the reason why I kind of like it, though. He doesn't have to be the number one guy. You've already got DJ Metcalf and Lockett. Your one-two punch there. You add him now, things can get really interesting offensively. The concepts they run, you can fit him in where you need to. He doesn't have to be the number one guy day one. It removes some pressure. Hopefully he stays healthy. Heck of a pick. That wide receiver room's getting absolute silly with it um Quinton Johnson I don't I don't know what the Chargers are doing here like they just drafted Mike Williams who doesn't pinpoint the ball at the highest point like that's what you got here I like Quinton Johnson he's a big body if he gets coached up um and starts to attack the football at its high point um and learns to kind of develop a little bit better he could be a heck of a player but like I guess the Chargers do have injury issues at wide receiver. Um, They're constantly getting banged up. But this felt like a weird pick. Ravens, though. Hell of a draft day. Last year, killed the first round. Killed it. This year, you announce you sign Lamar Jackson to a five-year extension, and then you go out and you get him a legit stud wide receiver. Zay Flowers, I absolutely loved him. I watched so much BC football this year. This dude is a playmaking machine. His body control is fantastic. His route running is great. He is fantastic after the catch. He is an awesome, awesome pickup. I think him and Lamar Jackson are going to have a lot of fun. This is a great weapon to add. Zay Flower is my number one wide receiver in this year's class. Like I love him so much. Um, He's my favorite wide receiver on the board. I can't get over this pick enough. And then, you know, the Vikings come in and they make a pick um, to pair with Justin Jefferson with Jordan Addison, who's another fantastic guy. He's probably my number two wide receiver on the board. I would put him at number two. Um, That's going to be a problem to deal with. Good luck with that. Um, Dante Banks, Giants come in, draft him. This is why I like this guy. He didn't start right away his freshman year at Maryland. He plays corner. He did eventually get in about halfway through the season, and he never looked back. I love that as a corner. To play corner, you got to be a freak athlete to start with. You got to have an edge about you. It is the second hardest position in football outside of quarterback, in my opinion. And this guy has that dog in him. Like he got a hold of it his freshman year and he just took off. I love it. The type of fight you have to have, the type of edge you have to live on on the field to be able to do that, especially in the Big Ten. Yeah, you're not going against maybe the greatest wide receiver prospects, but still, that's big boy football right there. I really like that pick. Um, Buffalo comes in. They don't get necessarily need because they really need to draft some defensive guys to plug up some holes, but they get an unreal potential weapon in this offense. Dustin Kincaid, tight end number one drafted this year. He is not a Michael Mayers. He's not a R. Washington. The fact that he's a really efficient blocker, can lay the wood on the line, can offer you that versatility, but holy hell is he a, a threat in the past game. I mean, this dude, you pair him with that offense and what they got going on for weapons there, they're gonna be a tough one to cover. That just adds another option for Josh Allen. Um yeah, he he's great. I, I they didn't need it. They had other needs that I, I assume they're gonna address in the, the next couple days. Um but it's a hell of a nice little piece to have. Um Cowboys First of all, Cowboys. Love what you're doing with the Death Star over there. I love the Cowboys, they know their brand. That war room is ridiculous. It looks like the Death Star. Um, like I I love it, but that's what they got going on there. Uh they're fitting their brand to a T. He drafts Smith out of Michigan. We'll see. Um, his production wasn't on par with what you you would like from his frame. Um But he certainly could be a force in the NFL. Like He could be one of those guys that we look back on and go, yeah, his production wasn't great at the college level, but he had the physique, he had some intangibles to him, and he got it done in the NFL. I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case, but it's certainly possible with this guy. Clearly, they see it. Um, The productivity concerns me, though. Um, But we'll see. I don't much have much on Antoine Harrison. Um, the Jags, they needed to upgrade the offensive line. They went out and they got a guy that they think is going to help them do that. I can't hate on that. All the more applause to them. They The AFC South is clearly up to grabs. The Jags understand their assignment, and that is protect Trevor Lawrence better because when you protect Trevor Tro- Lawrence, you get good protection out of him. You always have. Um when he's pressured, things start to fall apart. So they went out. They've got their guy. We'll see how it turns out. Um, Miles Murphy from for the Bengals. I honestly thought they were going to grab Michael Myers. I really did here. I thought that's who they were going to grab here. Instead, they go out and grab um, Miles Murphy, who was on a Clemson team heading into the season that I had power rated as the number one defensive line in college. They weren't that last year, obviously. Um, I overvalued them. And I think he's a pretty good example as to why they ended up being overvalued, and that is because the production wasn't there. He's great off the ball, but he had a hard time converting pressures into sacks. I think that this is going to require a coach-up job by the Bengals. If the defensive line coach, though, and Cincinnati Bengals, can get him to commit to memory one to two moves where it is just fluid like that, he could be a real force in a sack go-getter. Like, he's he's quick off the ball. He's got long arms. He's Like, he's physically what you want, the mold, um, for a defensive end there. But he's just, the fundamentals got to get better, man. They like, just got to get better. And that's a coaching job. Like, it'll be on the coaches and him to figure that out. Um, it's certainly possible. I like the potential there. I just, I'm surprised at the pick because I thought they were going to go a different direction. Um, Brian Breeze, man, does this guy deserve it. Um, Great collegiate career, a little bit of a drop-off last year, but awesome story. Um, Really fantastic football player. I hate that he's going to be in the NFC South here um, for one of our rivals in the Saints, but really great story there. Nolan Smith, we talked about it with Georgia. I just the greatest strategy ever like just draft Georgia defensive players and Alabama offensive players like that is how he Roseman's strategy at this point um and it's a fantastic one i mean he's now got four players from what many including myself would consider the best defense in college football history now on that roster um he's got some great Alabama <laughs> offensive players on that roster um so how he's doing his thing i mean the eagles they're just making moves They're they're really firing on all cylinders, I think, here um, and trying to be that perennial force in the NFC. And everything they're doing seems to set them up for that kind of success pattern. Um, And then we finish it out with Felix from Kansas State. Uh, Kansas City drafts him. I think it'll be a fine player. Um, I think it's a good good fit. I don't hate the pick. Um, So that was that was round one. An interesting round. Um, Those are some quick thoughts. Next week, we're going to bring on our senior NFL analyst, Michael, to go over the entire draft, talk about the offseason, what's been going on, get caught up on everything, give you some inside perspective that will hopefully help you take advantage of the futures market Um, coming up here in the summer. We'll obviously continue to do our NFL breakdowns in the summer to help you win some future bets, which we have absolutely been nailing the last couple of years. Um, so he'll be on next week, talk about things like Aaron Rodgers heading to New York and just what should be just a seamless marriage between him and the New York media. What could possibly go wrong there? <laughs> um, so we'll be on that one. A um, couple quick notes, Lakers-Memphis tonight. I got the Lakers closing it out. Um, it ends tonight. My Celtics finally wrapped it up against the Hawks. My God, was that embarrassing to let them get two games, but they got two games, Um And now the most toxic series of all time in the Phillies and Celtics is going to go down. So can't wait for that. (laughs) It's going to be awesome. Uh, For all those haters, I still remember, though, this is one point that I will bring up. I remember when my Celtics drafted Jalen Brown and people were not happy about it. That man's got his Dark Knight mask on and he is balling right now him and Tatum are a force to deal with that I don't know how anybody on the eastern side of the bracket is going to defend that I really don't um Jimmy Bucket showed why we don't we didn't want Miami though I'll, I'll give you that um Johnson's out here saying it wasn't a failure it's an absolute failure that Milwaukee lost as the one seed um the favorite to win the east they only won one game in that series could you imagine prime LeBron on the Cavs Being the one seed and only getting bounced in the first round, only winning one game. I think that's the biggest lesson to take from this. It's just how damn impressive it was that LeBron made it to eight finals champions. Like, he just dragged that Cleveland team through the playoffs. Eight straight years. It's a hell of an impressive feat. Um, The Bucs were a failure. They got outcoached. They got outplayed. Now, granted, Giannis was injured for some of this. Or Giannis, sorry, was injured. We know I'm not the best with names. Was injured for some of this, um. But still, you got out coached. So we'll see how it goes. Um, that was the NFL first round recap. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next week for a bigger podcast to break it all down from the NFL standpoint. It's gonna be a really good one. And as always, peace.